Good afternoon, Germantown. How are you today? Hi, Germantown. Hi, I am Stephanie. I'm here with my co-host, Lois. We are the Everyday Feminist, coming to you live on G-Town Radio, 92.9 FM, WGGTLP in Philadelphia. And all around the world on GTownRadio.com. Indeed. Indeed. So what's on your mind, Lois? Mm, Well, I'm wondering how your week was. (laughs) My week was all right. My week was all right. I'm really, really really tired of the gray skies and the early sunsets. I am super ready for the spring. The sunset was so beautiful yesterday. That is true. It wasn't it was like a phenomenally beautiful sunset mm-hmm. if you're here in Philly, you mm-hmm. might have seen it. It looked like the sky was oh really on fire. I soaked that up. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did too and I was like sitting I was like in a restaurant in a strip mall and like the the horizon line was so depressing but the sky itself was so yeah, like beautiful. alive. It was yeah. amazing. It was amazing. But yeah. other than that, I'm just, I don't know. I have the winter blues. I think I'm just really hmm. itching for spring. Yeah. How about you? My heart's full. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it feels good. It's nice. I'm itching for spring though, too. I started uh, planning out my garden a little bit this morning, figuring out what seeds I need to get and got to set up my table with my green light and see you know what i like about that is it's like if you're planning a garden it's as if spring is kind of here you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like your mind is already kind of moving towards spring just in the planning maybe that's what i yeah. need to do like in a in a quaker moment this morning i had this like beautiful realization about this deep part of winter and i was thinking about how when you plant seeds and you get ready for spring, there's something really beautiful about annuals and you're planting the seed and you expect a fruit and the ways that that kind of balances with, okay, we can plant seeds in our lives and we can expect to see fruit and there's dreams we might plant and little things in our lives, like in this dead of winter, we can start planting seeds and really think about the planning. But then I also was really identifying with perennials and how... (laughs) (laughs) Of course. You're laughing at me. Because no, okay. yes, you were. <laughs> and I was thinking about how in winter, like there's a deepening of roots that um, that when you go through a cold winter or a freeze or adversity or whatever type of struggles that these plants are experiencing through the dead of winter, but growing back, you grow back fuller with a deeper root system than the year before. And you had to go through that winter to come out feeling like okay i'm ready to get pruned in a whole new way what a nice analogy you know like it's it's such a nice way to think about it nature just is so much i don't know sometimes i really think that nature is superior to all of us i know like we, we we humans we think we're all that but we got nothing on like the trees and the wildlife and animals and dogs who walk yeah. around like they just don't care <laughs> yeah there was a message in the meeting this morning too of somebody kind of talking about the rhythm of life and this the earth orbiting and how we connect with the sun and how it's just you can't really stop it and it really made me stop and think of like there's so much rhythm in nature like so there's natural rhythms and how beautiful is it to be able to be on this planet feel the rhythm, feel the presence of the rhythm, 
and start dancing. I guess it it's like can you though? You know, not everybody I think yeah. can. Or like, you know, I, I also sometimes think that people um, resonate more or less with certain areas. Like not everyone is meant to be in the area that they're in. Maybe you need to move and get in touch with like another land that has a rhythm that more is in, in line with your own natural rhythm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I, I guess I'm, yes, I see that. And I feel like my guttural response to that is our feet are right here. And you can always tap to the rhythm no matter where you are. But I don't know that everyone can feel the rhythm. Yeah. Okay. Like what? Like we are on our devices a lot. We yes. are not attuned well, yeah. a lot. <laughs> I, would agree, I would agree with that, that not everybody can feel the I rhythm. I would say a lot of people lately, at least to me, sometimes yeah. it feels like we are like getting so out of touch with this thing that is yeah. so important that you're talking yeah. about. Which is one thing that I really like about thinking about in the dead of winter, thinking about what seeds am I going to plant? What literal seeds I'm going to plant Yeah, to like see a, fruit within the next couple of months. Right. And that's what I, that's what I like about what you were saying too, is because it's as if it kind of brings you mentally closer to spring. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, you can kind of feel that it's coming, mm-hmm. you know, instead of feeling like winter is dragging on so long, or if you're thinking about the action going on below the earth, Right. You know, there's something that feels very encouraging and certainly yeah. symbolic about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you had an interesting idea for the show today. Not so much about nature and rhythm, well, but I but guess maybe, maybe, maybe depends on how you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have been thinking lately about the other F word. Feminism. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking of it in that context because it seems to me like the word feminist or feminism has become an insult or something that it's, it's a thing that you're not supposed to say you are, you're supposed to hide it if you are. The insult part of it is just beyond me. It does feel that way, though, like or it's like not a compliment or something if especially maybe maybe it depends on the tone in which it's used, but it feels like not a compliment. It feels like a thing that should be hidden, that you shouldn't be proud of it. And so and I'm just saying this because of like some experiences that I've had and reactions that I've gotten to that word, some of which were even with you, like Mm -hmm. not from you, but like when we Mm -hmm. were together And I just sort of feel like as somebody who is invested in finding the right words for things, like I like as a psychologist, I like to find the word that says it best. It makes me want to make sure that with this word feminism or feminist, that we are all talking about the same thing. Mm -hmm. Because it's as if we've got so many different definitions and so many different valences on this word Mm -hmm. that we can't totally, we're not in alignment with it, right? Because there there's, should be nothing to me insulting mm-hmm. about saying mm-hmm. that there could be equal respect between men and women. I don't understand even why that would ever be remotely insulting and not just something that we all agree to as a like basic truth. As basic as the spring coming or the roots under the earth, mm-hmm. there can be equality. When we were thinking about a show name for this show, The Everyday Feminist, 
I was like, what about the everyday feminist? There's, you know, there's the website. Like we could get the everyday feminist.com. Yeah. We could do this. Like there's no other show called it. And there was a little like, well, no, yeah, no, I, don't I remember that. I remember when we came up with the name for this show. And I remember being like, I love this name, but I'm really nervous about this name. Yeah. Because of the connotation. Yeah. Right. And because of your attitude, which is just like, bring it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I'm not going to like pretend and I'm not going to change the the title mm -hmm. to make other people comfortable, which is awesome. I mean, it sort of like pulled me along because I was really super aware of will that be a title that's off putting? Which is just insane. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care if it's off putting to people. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't really care. I mean, the stuff that I've like seen is like, oh, your show's named The Everyday Feminist. Oh, my, I wonder if my wife would like that. Yeah. Oh, my daughter might like that. Oh, no, I, like, I had, oh my God, I had it's a, for you, buddy. I had a guy say that today, even. Oh, see, you know, yeah. he was asking, like, oh, what's your show going to be about? And I told him, and he was like, my daughter would like that. And I'm thinking, why wouldn't her father like that? I mean, yeah. if you're the father of a daughter, wouldn't you want to know that your daughter is in a world where people think she should be treated with respect and equality? <laughs> I mean, hello. Right. right. I didn't say that out loud, but we'll it see. Was really That's what the I kind thought. of thing I feel like I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just like, I feel like I, maybe because of my career choice, I feel often like there's no point in being inflammatory and that's it's not how, inflammatory no but it seems like it would be yeah. it's as if it shouldn't be but for some reason it would be and i'm like dude think what think your thoughts like i don't need to like yeah try to convince you yeah you know which i think we should talk about our little night out a I think, few weeks ago i think we should okay so stephanie and i were out we were down at a a bar. We were at a bar. A local bar. Local watering hole. Just hanging. Hanging out. And, you know, we were just chit-chatting, being gals out in the town. And, you know, dudes start, you know, of course. I mean, it's Stephanie and I. Mean, I. I mean, we're like, uh, you know, guys would go on to be talking to us. Yeah. You know? So we start talking to this person. And he's like, oh, how do you know each other? And you were a little reluctant to bring up the show. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I, you don't bring up the I show. Don't. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't talk about our show, especially not with guys in bars. And you probably feel that there is no better place <laughs> to talk about our show. <laughs> and that's, this is maybe a generational difference, right? Because I still am caught up in making the other person comfortable. And you are like... <sighs> whatever get uncomfortable nothing changes unless we're uncomfortable which is true and admirable yeah 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 well thank you so he asked how we know each other i was like oh we're friends but we work together too you know we have a radio show together out of g-town radio and blah 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 those blabbing 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 and 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 frankly people are very interested when you have a radio show that's so true maybe even i don't know if it's especially men but i feel like it seems to be like I feel anybody that I talk to often if they're male and they hear you have a radio show, there's something that they want to hear more about it. I've got something to say. Yeah. And so inevitably he wanted to hear more about it. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, he was asking about the show, and I said, it's, oh, it's called The Everyday Feminist. And it was like, screech. <laughs> oh, feminism. Bro. You know, like, it was like almost like he was like, oh, what is that? Oh, what does it mean to be a feminist? Like, I, he didn't even, like, know oh, what I thought, that meant. See, and I thought I saw him actively recoil. <laughs> Like, he went from, like, oh, cute lady on the radio to, like, say what? Like, it, oh, wait, shit, maybe I need to find another seat. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I just said a bad word on the radio. Oh, I should... <laughs> Don't Apologies. Apologies. Don't um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I felt the recoil. I definitely felt the recoil. But it also led to a very interesting line of questioning. Totally. And, and I, I would say that I, I felt the recoil, but if he didn't start asking questions it wouldn't have led into the interesting conversation that we ended up having right right and also we don't have to talk about this too much but also his friend did come over and so it did become a little bit of a group conversation i don't know if yes, you heard did. the rest of it yeah yeah it did it did become a group conversation which i appreciated both of these people were also fathers of daughters yep and that's the part that like kind of like really bothered me this kind of this idea of like being a father of a daughter and not being a feminist. Like I can see it if it's not in your world, it's not in your bubble or like being a single dude or just like a guy who like is just hangs out with other guys or like whatever it is. Like if you're not, if you don't have a lot of women in your life, I can understand not really understanding. It's like a male centric view or something. If you're surrounded by that. Right, right, but I mean, fathers of daughters. I mean, how how can you like? Yeah, no, he had just been showing us pictures of his two daughters, who one of whom was clearly like um, late teenage years, beautiful, mm-hmm. dressed nicely. You could, she was super attractive, mm-hmm. and like another one was a little bit younger. But he looked really proud, mm-hmm. and he was talking about his daughters with respect and pride. Mm-hmm. But then somehow the word feminist made him recoil. Yeah, and like. And you asked him the question, though. You asked him, well, wouldn't you want your daughters to be raised by a feminist father? Well, no, I said, I actually said it this way, because he was talking, the way he was, um, if I remember correctly, the way he was talking about, or questioning you about feminism was, you know, with a lot of pushback, and as if he thought it meant all kinds of things, which we can talk about what that might be, but... He like he thought it might mean you were a man hater. It thought he might, you know, he might mm-hmm, expect mm-hmm. that it meant all of these things. So we spent a little time defining it mm-hmm, for him mm-hmm. and saying like, actually, it's just about respect and equality. It mm-hmm. really it doesn't have to even be that big and yeah. that loaded of a word. No, nobody hates anybody. Nobody's we hating actually anybody. just want to not be hated. That's really, it. Yes, and so I bring his daughters up and I say, okay, so I have two sons. And I am a feminist. Would you want your daughters to date sons who were raised by a woman who teaches her sons that other women are equal? Would you want your daughters to date the sons of a woman who has taught them to respect women no matter what? Or would you rather they just date somebody who like never learned that, doesn't know what feminism is, doesn't believe in like, what would you want for your daughter? And he literally couldn't hear me. He could not. You could see like the the shutters were closed. Mm-hmm. He couldn't hear me. 
all he was like, oh, nobody's dating my daughters. And I'm yeah. like, you just showed me a picture of your beautifully dressed young adult daughter looking like she is definitely dating people. Mm-hmm. She's the age and she's beautiful. Like, no mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But it's like he just only heard my son wants to date your daughter, which was odd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he couldn't even get the meta message, like the mm-hmm. actual communication, mm-hmm. which I think is so important. And I was fascinated by the split. Like, how is it that you're not saying, yeah, of course. Like, if if my daughter is going to date men, I want those men to be men that respect my daughter. I think that if I remember correctly, he, at some point, he kind of like went into this whole thing about family values and a man being the head of the household. Remember that? And I was just like, where is this going? Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Right. And like, and how he was taking the moral high ground. This man who also was talking about how he was divorced and he was angrily divorced because his wife, the reason he was divorced... Oh my God, we're like railing on this poor guy. I just know he doesn't listen to the show and he wouldn't remember anyway. But he's telling you the reason he's divorced is that he cheated on his wife and she could not forgive him. So the the wife was blamed for the problem that he had. Mm -hmm. Like it was his problem. It was an act he did that she couldn't forgive. Right. he, He like irreparably damaged his marriage to the point that his wife had to leave it. But... He sees it as her kind of like wrecking everything by her inability to just look the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And because every, and he kept saying, because everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. But indeed, everybody makes mistakes. But if you're making a mistake and you're not a feminist and you're not able to look at this through the lens of a woman and you still believe the man has to be the head of the household, and you, then you're going to be totally wildly confused about why this woman wouldn't just like let you have the power you were born to have. Yeah, right? Or you were told that you were yeah. going to have. Yeah. Right. It's as if she like demoted him and he was mad about it. I, I don't know. The whole thing mm-hmm. kind of blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think he and his friend, his friend also seemed confused about the same thing because we did get into this debate. You're reminding me about shouldn't a man be the head of the household? I don't even really like I don't get that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get like what, like what does that even mean? I like think, the head of the house, like you get to make all the big yes, life choices. Yes, I think that's what it means. I think what he meant was that there, in every group, it was almost like in every organization there must be a leader, and so in a family, like there needs to be the person who has the ultimate say. Yeah, I just and, think that's so dumb. Yeah, but I think that that was where he was coming from, and so this idea. Of Like, in his mind, maybe he would define feminism as concept that undermines the reality that the man is the head of the household. Like, that and might I, have been... I don't, I don't think that I... Uh, sorry, I interrupted you. I just no, did a, I just did a thing where I interrupted you. But it's like, how can... Like, at, at what point can men or people just in general see that marriage started off as like a legal way of like ownership of women so i can see our roots there okay you owned a woman to have legally or whatever to be able to have the family security and as time goes on and it gets squished through some kind of like moral funnel that people make sense of you know marriage what it 
you know, what it is or what it's supposed to mean and slap this. Oh, a man's ahead of the household. The man is a provider. The man is a protector. At what point in our like modern structure now, it's not, it's not, no one's asking you to not be a protector or not make big decisions or not be who you are. We want you to be who you are, but we also want to be who we are. We want to be able to make decisions. We want to be able to like protect ourselves and feel like we can protect you. And like, there's, there's so much in there that it's like, at what point do you have to give a little bit to get more? Right. Right. It, it's like that model of family is so black and white. Mm -hmm. Like there's one. There is one leader. There is one head of the household. It's not a communal way of looking at it where there could be more than one perspective that matters, right? Or it's like the woman belongs in the background and she might have influence, but it's only in a whisper, Mm -hmm. right? It's like you can whisper in your man's ear and he might listen to you and do what you suggest, but you (laughs) can't get credit. Yeah. What's that? What's that? Uh, that uh behind every you, great man is a is a great woman uh-huh. and behind every great woman is herself right i don't know i guess people look at that as like you know being quote unquote traditional but it just mm-hmm. seems it seems so problematic yeah right and especially when we're thinking about the other f word the feminism feminism word yeah. It's getting, it, it just seems to me like there's this kind of heavy veil, heavy negative valence on it. Like there, it's just not a compliment. And I, I really don't get it because, and I sort of want to write the ship around this word because it is, it is, it does not mean to me all of the things that seem to have been put on it. What does it mean to you? To me, it means that you believe that women have an equal right to like respect and 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 to be treated fairly like it's so basic and that they have a right to control their own bodies and make their own decisions Mm -hmm. right it's like such it's like such a basic human right but it's a human right that acknowledges that women have historically been oppressed and haven't been allowed to have it and that's it Mm -hmm. right it doesn't and it doesn't mean like feminism doesn't mean that women are going to rise up and steal from men like all it's like what we're asking for is that maybe you you might need to give up a little bit of your share of control to make room for somebody else but that doesn't mean we want to take it from you it means we want to share you know mm-hmm. and so i guess that that's where i go with it yeah i think there's like a fear like what would happen if more women were feminists i just uh, what would happen if more men were feminists no i well no <laughs> Yes, please. No, hello. I, I'm thinking I'm thinking about this guy at the bar, though. Right. So what would happen? So he whipped out his phone because he, you know, he's like wants to follow our radio show or like connect or something like that. And he's like whoops out his phone and he like opens up his Instagram page and like all of his suggested suggestive su- suggestive whatever images that he's like right there. And he had to have been like so embarrassed. Well, oh yeah. Cause he wanted to, he wanted to find our show on Instagram so he could follow it. Mm -hmm. And then like he opens it up and there's all the ladies. Like just (laughs) many ladies right there. And we and Stephanie and I are just looking at each other and just being like, Oh my God. What would happen if all of those women decided that they didn't want to be objectified anymore 
it would be a loss for for bar man. You know, I think that there's this fear of like not only do I need to change my attitudes if I if I say I'm a feminist, but if w- more women become more outwardly feminist, then there's something I'm going to lose. It's like a lose lose situation. So messed up, <laughs> right? It's like maybe his wife was a feminist and that was part of the problem. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think that most. I mean, I I I would say most women are feminists and they just might not know that they are. Right, and it just it. I also feel like I know men who claim to be feminists, but then do all of these anti-feminist things, which is maybe like a what? whole other topic. Well, like have all the ladies, have all mm-hmm. the ladies on their Instagram profile mm-hmm. or like feel okay with um, activities that har- objectify women or cause them harm or mm-hmm. represent like the financial oppression of women. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't personally understand how you can sit with a foot in both camps. I mean... Maybe you can. I guess it depends on how you want to look at it. And there are probably gray areas and mm-hmm. area, there's room for debate, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before on the show and I find this in my work all the time. Some of the most progressive couples that I know and that I work with who are advocates, open advocates for like equal pay and equal, uh, just like equality for women. When it push comes to shove and everything shakes out they're not exercising feminist values they're not exercising equality within their own homes with their own their own loved ones how do you see that like do you have an example yeah i have an example would be you know this progressive couple wants to hire a woman-owned fair wage paying company because they you know and they want my expertise they have these you know they want to have they want to do the work and when push comes to shove a lot of it a lot of the work gets not even like they don't even start the work because the buck gets stopped short at how much money it costs because domestic work shouldn't cost that much because it's been historically free it's kind of an, it's working in domestic work is really, really kind of a mind trip of how much people think that they can do it for themselves and don't want to pay for it or want to pay as little as possible. Yeah. I mean, which, as you have said before, is just, so it just further undermines all of the things that we say, all the stereotypes of the roles of women. I mean, and honestly, we're at a point where I feel like, okay, if people can recognize and see that, no, just pay your cleaning person like more. Or if like a company is, has this particular rate then, and it's inexpensive tip so much, just tip them, you know, like it's time. Like you, how much free labor have you gotten in the course of your whole entire lifetime? Now's the time to give back and give back to the people who are like folding your underwear. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like labor. I mean, at least if I imagine that if you're in the position of privilege that you're not the one doing the labor, you know, if you're on the receiving end of someone else's labor, somehow it often seems like it doesn't look like labor. It's a luxury though. It is. No, it totally is. But I think that there's a way that it gets like distorted, like in the mind of the person who doesn't have to do it. Right. It's like, oh, she must like that. Or I wouldn't clean the bathroom unless I wanted to. So she must be cleaning it because she wants to. 
Right. I mean, I know this isn't everyone, you mm-hmm. know, and I know, you know, I certainly know men who like do a great job running homes. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's not, it's not universal, but mm-hmm. it is, it is prevalent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it is invisible. Mm-hmm. But I that, that would be one way that I saw a very progressive couple and mm-hmm. dude still leaves his socks on the floor and kind of expects somebody to kind of sweep up after him, even though he's like really like into equality or whatever. It's just like, I don't know. And I don't like to shake it out like that. Like if you leave your socks on the floor, you're not a feminist. But I would say more like, are you willing to listen, adapt, change, be open to hear how... Uh, your partner feels and be able to adapt like that would that says a lot that says okay I'm here with you and I want to treat you like an equal and maybe I haven't done in the, that in the past and I'm not afraid to change yeah and that just that just goes along with um in this society in this like patriarchal society it does mean that someone might have to give up a little power to make room for someone else right if if you're trying to be the man of the house and you feel like you have final say that's sort of antithetical to what you're talking about right now mhm right it's it's in order to allow room for someone else's thought you can't be the man of the house like, in, you know, instead of this man of the house, angel of the house model, you would have to have, like, co-creators. You'd have to have two authors. You'd have to allow more than one voice. You might have to, like, slow down, listen, adapt, understand, be curious, mm-hmm. find a way to have respect. And that's hard to do, though. And I, I think about that. Why is it hard to do? Why is it hard for people to change or do that? It's like, okay, because what was modeled usually... Most times, and not for everybody, obviously, there's some like really beautiful, you know, men out there that are like doing good work. Do more. I always say that. Do Just more. Do more. Because if you're already doing it, it means that you got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to give. But most times, what's been, what has been the example is there's a mold because the mold was created. You know, and you see your father acting a certain way and you see uh, mother reacting to it and then mother is emotional and, you know, mother's upset is just how women are. Women are upset and women are emotional and father does this and responds in this way and then that's just what life is and even if you don't feel the same way that's what was modeled for you your whole entire childhood. Yeah, it makes me think of that new Taylor Swift song, Mad Woman. Do you know that song? Mm, I don't know. So she's saying like this in the song. I kind of like this song because she talks about she's talking about um, how this model makes women crazy and then they get accused of being crazy. I can't stand that. Right. I can't stand like that. There's something that it's like she talks about like, you know, I'm a mad woman. I'm the You know, she's like using a play on the mm-hmm. word mad. Mm-hmm. Right. That you made me mad. And then you acted as if I was mad and that made me more mad, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that there's something about if you're going to mistreat me and disrespect me and frustrate me and not listen to me and not care what I have to say and not treat me as an equal, you're going to make me have more and more anger and resentment. And the more anger and resentment I have, the more than you accuse me of looking crazy, mm-hmm. right? And so I do think women get into this trap, And it does often feel like their male partners or whoever in their life is doing that. 
can let them out, right? And it's such an easy one. Like I can let you out. I can free you from this dynamic by slowing down, pausing, asking what you mean, being curious, being self-reflective, wondering what I could do differently instead of holding on so tightly to this, like, this is my birthright, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you're, if you're going to make me uncomfortable or you're going to ask me to do it differently, then you're stealing my birthright. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going too far, but this is, this is where I go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like the times are changing so much that, and we talked about this a little bit before the show where there's this part of me that feels unbelievably optimistic about these new waves of feminism. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the fifth wave of feminism is going to look like. Who knows? But it's like if you're not going to learn how to surf, if you're not going to learn how to ride the storm, if you're not going to learn how to be able to adapt, to be able to change, you are going to get hit so hard by the wave because this is just the way the culture is going. Mm -hmm. And then you brought up like the terrifying kind of thought too, that within every wave, there's this other swing of, you know, like what's happening. It's like the undertow. Oh my gosh. With the incel movement right now is terrifying. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's so scary. Right. And even this like this hold, this hard, hard, hard hold on like family values right now. That's so skewed so skewed in like this very manipulative misogynistic tone it's terrifying right right because with every wave i guess i was thinking about like the undertow that either precedes the wave or maybe you could say it follows a wave Mm -hmm. i don't know but it Mm -hmm. does feel like the bigger the wave the stronger the undertow Mm. Mm -hmm. you know that could just suck you like and so it often feels like we're kind of just in this like cycle Mm -hmm. of like you know push push back or something Mm -hmm. But I agree about the family values. I was trying to think someone else had been talking to me recently about um, just asking me about sort of like what's meant by the word feminist. And he was telling me that he had gotten this guy had gotten in a discussion with a female friend of his who was a feminist about things like who pays the check at dinner on a date or um, opening the door for women. And this woman felt that it would be offensive for a guy to pick up a check at dinner. I mean, my, <laughs> I, I like, at, like the way it was described, I just had to say like, does she have children? <laughs> Cause like if she has children, maybe mm-hmm. she would see it differently mm-hmm. because I just sort of feel like a lot of women who've done a lot appreciate the respect that it could, mm-hmm. you know, it could feel like mm-hmm. someone is actually like taking care of you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Instead of you're trying to be their equal. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I, that too felt like such a distortion of like what feminism is. Like, I don't think that if you're a feminist, it means that no one can take care of you. you, Right. Or like, exactly. (laughs) It's like, if if anything, it's like, oh, women are such like natural born caretakers to actually feel cared for. That's my point. Feels so good. That is my point. And I, I was kind of confused by this perception Yeah, that it's sort of like that there's some kind of like rugged individualism that's implied by feminism and i i don't think so i mean my gosh like i feel respected if someone holds the door open for me and that could be because i'm a woman or it could be because i'm a person i don't know but i i like it i like wearing high heels like i don't mind lipstick i don't feel like 
you know, being a feminist means you can't be feminine Mm -hmm. or that it means you can't take care of others or shouldn't, Mm -hmm. or that you wouldn't want others to take care of you. Like all of that just seems like Mm -hmm. a whole lot of distraction. Mm -hmm. It's more like be yourself and surround yourself with people who see you, who want you to feel equal, who just want you to feel good, who give you respect, who give you dignity. Right. Right. And if some of it is in the form of quote unquote chivalry, like, I personally don't have a problem with that just because it often can feel like a way that, you know, if as a woman you've kind of poured a lot of effort into a lot of things in life and then someone wants to do something sweet for you, I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. Be sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm fine, please. Yeah. <laughs> as often as possible. <sighs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. <sighs> that feels nice just to soak that in for a second. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I do get I do get nervous. Yeah, that undertow, how you describe it as the undertow, is kind of ugh. well. When you're using an ocean analogy, I think that mm-hmm. it sort of just captures it, mm-hmm. right? And so I I don't know. I know you you tend Lois to be super optimistic about this. Like things are changing, times are changing, and I sort of feel like hopefully I do see a lot of change. Like I do see a lot of change, but then I also feel like there's something about when people have power, if they feel like they're being asked to give it up, they just don't want to. Right. And it feels threatening. And so then that's when the distortions come in. Yeah. But when that happens, it makes me feel and maybe this is maybe I'm living in a a dream world or like some kind of delusional state, which, hey, I very well could be, but I'd rather live in a dream world, delusional state (laughs) than feel succumb by other like by powers that are uncontrollably oppressive. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I hear you say that, like there's this fire that like starts at my feet and comes up my body and it makes me want to be even more in my own power Mm -hmm. it makes me want to be even better to my friends even more helpful more caring like and there's no way that you can feel that fire in your own self without seeing how it affects the people around you and then all of a sudden the people around you are now empowered because you caught the fire because you said no to that other power no, that's pushing up against you. It's so true. It's so like true. I'm fired up right now. Yeah. Well, it's like the, now I just feel it like out the top of my head. It's like the energy goes, wow. Yeah. It's like the power of the word no. You know mm-hmm. how my son said to me when he was really little, the word no is so small yet so powerful. Mm-hmm. I think there's something about that and what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's like a form of knowledge and resistance and um, sort of like outright refusal, mm-hmm. which is why you're comfortable in a bar talking about our radio show and saying what it's called with complete conviction, right? Yeah, well, I also think that like, okay, you know, this is also how I feel about it. I don't feel like, okay, I got out of a terrible situation, right? Where I felt like the moment I decided I am a feminist, that means that every day when I put my feet on the floor, I... I'm going to say to myself, I'm going to be treated with respect and dignity and kindness because that's something that I want from life, right? And what that did is it made the situation that I was in absolutely terrible. While you were still in it. While I was still in it because I'd say, oh, that actually doesn't make me feel good when you say that. Or do you see that this 
is not really, that doesn't seem right. And I started questioning everything. I started questioning what the relationship was. And it just kind of really turned into like a situation where I was really, really not respected and really made to feel horrible for being a feminist, right? And as soon I was, as I was free from, from that, as soon as I realized I'm too much of a feminist to be in such a terrible relationship, as soon as I broke that, as soon as those, those, um, the liberation happened, then all of a sudden my life completely flipped on its head that I don't feel like I'm a, I don't feel like a foot soldier for the cause, right? Because I'm not daily, like in a way, like have these daily reminders that I have to be. Yeah. I can just be it. Yep. And then other people that come into my life, if they're treating me in ways that are like, oh, feminist, you know, I'm just like, okay, all right, see ya. Or like I, I can use a different type of discernment because uh, in interacting with people, because I don't feel like I have to shield myself. I don't need to be on the defensive. I don't need to be scared that I'm going to get hurt. I don't need to be like worried in a certain way because my everyday life is one that's filled with people who love me, who respect me, who are kind to me, who um, I just see the life through a different lens. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It just, it just makes me a little bit more fearless when it comes, when I, when I feel that pushback to be like, okay, is this worth having the conversation or not? And a lot of times it's not worth having the conversation because I don't feel like I need to explain what feminism is to people. That's not my job. Right. Like particularly my actual job is helping men once they realize that they want to be feminists, how to do it. That's my job. Like now that you're here, let me show you how to be a good this or how to participate here like I can do that that's fine but it's not my job to convince somebody right which I think is why I avoid the f word in the bar right because it often it feels like it's going to go there I just assume it will like I assume there will be a recoil I assume there will be talk of the man of the house I assume that you know I will be looked at differently right I assume that I will be backed away from I mean some of this to me also goes along with being an educated woman which is a whole other problem it's mm-hmm. a very, it's actually a very big problem mm-hmm. um, that is not supposed to exist in certain places. Mm-hmm. So it, those, those are things that I tend not to talk about because it's not, I, it just feels like it's going to invite trouble, mm-hmm. you know? So if you're just trying to like have a beer. And that's the thing. <laughs> and like, and that's the part of the F word that's hard for women because if you say that you're a feminist, you are waiting for trouble mm-hmm. and that, it's so that's so revealing yeah. to our culture and like there's there's something about the men like because I do have a lot of really I have a lot I'm really really blessed woman I know this that I have a lot of male feminists in my life I do and they raise the bar nice my male friends have raised the bar as far as like of it's like not even it's like without a doubt it's like well of course I'm a feminist like duh you know and they treat me with respect and they're kind to me and like it's like once you surround yourself with men like that it's like why would I entertain like a stupid conversation with somebody that I'm trying to explain to them You, you just made me think of something though that um when you're describing your male friends and the way that they treat you with kindness and respect right like can we 
highlight that like what is making them good allies is they treat women with kindness and respect (laughs) (laughs) what do women want why do women have to have a whole multi-generational movement of already four waves of it with all the undertoes? What is it they want? Kindness. <laughs> kindness and respect. Yeah. Why is that hard? Yeah. Why do you not yeah. want that for your daughters? Why yeah. do you not want yeah. that for your sisters? Why do you not want yeah. that for your wife or your girlfriend? Mm-hmm. I mean... It's it's so simple, right? That yeah. what you're saying. And so that was just making me think, and you know, we've talked about this in earlier episodes, of the importance, the critical, critical importance of looking at the world from someone else's perspective. If you are not willing to see that someone else's experience in the world is not the same as yours, then we, we, we're going to get nowhere. And I, I appreciate you saying that because not only is that kindness and respect, but my worldview as a woman, I, I just love it. I mean, I feel like, like my male friends in my life will call me and ask me for advice. Uh-huh. How do you see this situation? Mm-hmm. How, like, and having a different perspective on it. Like that also means a lot. I feel like that's part of the respect that my worldview, how I take that, my reaction to this story that you're telling me, oh, well, maybe, I mean, maybe I would do this for your wife or I don't know. Have you thought about doing this? Or like, oh, mm-hmm. You know, like it makes it feel, it makes me feel like an equal. It makes me feel like you're not just talking to your dude friends. And let's, let's just be real. How... Like, it's rare that men open up emotionally to other men. Yeah, it's so sad. I love it when I hear stories of that, of men, you know, like, recently I had someone talking to me about, you know, all the different male friends in his life. And it was just so nice, because mm-hmm. it really sounded like they had, like, an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm with you. I mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to happen often, but I love hearing about it when it does, mm-hmm. because it should. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it also feels really good as a woman and I know like and I, I'd like to always say this when we're talking particularly between men and women and I think I can speak for both Stephanie and I hear that gender is a spectrum and you know it's a social a social construct but we are living in a social construct as well so when we talk about men and women it's like all people all people have all emotions and mm-hmm. it's like but it really means a lot to me when a male friend calls me just to chit chat and ask for advice because it makes me feel like what I have to say is something that they want to hear. And like that to me is an ally. Right. Like just to listen, to respect, to uh, try to understand. And they can have their own opinions and do something else. Like, I don't care. You don't need to listen to what I have to say. Yeah. Well, I know we're going to be out of time soon, but I just have to ask you if mm-hmm. you have the same thing that I have, which is, do you feel like in a time like that, when someone has called you to ask for your opinion, does it feel important to you? in some way for that to be acknowledged that the idea came from you that you are the one who said it i mean i guess i no. see it feels important to me it it feels very no. important to me that women be acknowledged for having thought for having thoughts and for um saying things that are different from what would have been said otherwise right no, I, I, it's I, just I really feel strongly like there's so many women who don't get credit. Like, I feel like this happens to me all the time. 
And it may be things that weren't even someone asking me for advice. I mean, maybe that's the difference. But in a conversation, there might be something I will say that will make like a really good point. And it won't necessarily be acknowledged in the conversation, but then I will hear it being said without any reference to me, to someone else who acknowledges the good point. So the listener hears me say it, takes it in, doesn't acknowledge me, takes my idea, turns around, says it as if they're brilliant to the next person who's all wowed, and I am nowhere in the mix. You know, I think that I really understand that feeling. I think that my where I'm coming from is like I... The, my first response to that is I used to be a keyboard player in a band, right? Okay, and what I mean by that is like, I wasn't the lead soloist guitarist. I wasn't the, you know, I wasn't the drummer holding it down or the, like I was, I was uh, another instrument that you could take or you could leave, but it really ended up the overall feeling. It kind of glued it all together. Mm-hmm. And if I think about my life like that, it's, it's not like any one, like, okay, you need to have the singer or the songwriter. You need to have like you know, all the band kind of comes together to create a song or a record or whatever it is. And if I can just look at something like life as I participated in this to create this, but I'm not, it's not all about me and it's not all about you. But I think it's some about you. I do. I, I, guess, I guess I just think of it as like every day I just wait, like I, every day I would like just to feel like I participate in a way that kind of holds things together, you know, in a positive way. But I don't but, think that that is like contrary to what I'm saying. No, I don't think it's contrary to what you're saying. No, but I guess um, I just don't, I don't know, maybe I'm shy or something. I just like, I don't feel like I need the the recognition the recognition in that way see i'm like hopefully i'll plant a seed and maybe it'll grow and turn into something or maybe it won't i don't know maybe i i'll say the same thing over and over and over and over again to somebody and no matter how i say it it might not land but then somebody else could come around and say it and all of a sudden it clicks good thank god it finally clicked i don't need to have recognition from that because if what I wanted to happen was actually true. It has nothing to do with me. It's for that other person. Well, I guess it depends on the content. I guess so. Because yeah. I, I don't know. I really feel like, and maybe this gets into the whole educated thing, you know, that like women are not supposed to know things, right? So I, I often feel like if, if you're speaking about something that you know something about and it's being kind of like ignored and overridden and then used for someone else to get a whole lot of attention and acknowledgement, it's so erasing. It's like so erasing to mm-hmm. me of my mind, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so it's not even about the ego. It's not an egotistical thing mm-hmm. of needing credit. Mm-hmm. It's about wanting to not be invisible or not feel dismissed, right? There's yeah. there's something in that I get to you. me about, yeah. and maybe I'm like going in like a little tangent here, but the, it's, I feel like I see that happen a lot to women. In fact, I had a couple months ago, Um, a man described this happening to him and he's Mm. a scholar, you know, like an academic scholar. And he, you know, I saw him and he were like saying hello. And he's like so frustrated because he was telling me about how this very dynamic had just happened to him, like at work or something, Mm -hmm. you know, someone had heard his idea and ignored him and then taken the idea and said it and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, but I just said that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, so you sound like every woman in every board meeting ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what did he say? You know, he was like, oh, 
you know, but he mm-hmm. didn't recognize that. And I'm like, how many women have you done that to without even noticing? I get what you're saying. Do you see what I yeah, mean? Yeah. I, I feel like I'm thinking about, I, I've been, I took it for a more like a relational friendship type of Yeah. Way. Well, I guess that that's where I'm uh, yeah, like, right. I know mm-hmm, I said, I kind of mm-hmm, hijacked mm-hmm, that and pulled mm-hmm. it into a whole other area. Because you were talking about it in a friendship kind of way, where giving advice is just a loving thing, and it's not that you need credit for having given the advice, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, but I get what you're saying, and I think a lot of women can identify with that a lot, right? Right, especially smart, intelligent, capable. So many women have all those qualities, I and know. like you know. Mm-hmm. So again, I guess it gets back to like the idea of like what is what is feminism, and why do we need it, and like. You know, can we bring it back to something that feels um, desirable? You know, can the Mm. label be something that people, especially men, want to call themselves? Yeah. And why wouldn't you want to be with a feminist? I mean, how how amazing. And wouldn't you want your daughters to date sons raised by women who treat them to respect your daughter. <laughs> right. And why wouldn't you want to raise daughters who are feminists that won't put up? Yes. With, <laughs> with the sons who were not raised right. that way. <laughs> right. I don't, and see, that's the kind of stuff, though, that also gives me an immense amount of hope yeah. for the future. Because it's specifically in this fourth wave that we're in. It's like, oh, my God. It's like it's becoming so, so like overt just why wouldn't you want that just even for mental like the mental health side of it too why wouldn't you want someone who felt confident who wasn't being objectified who was able to speak their mind and who was able to succeed right i know i'm with you Mm -hmm. you know i got you (laughs) i got you too yes well i hope that our listeners got even a little something out of these ramblings here. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in again next week. We'll yep. be back. We might have a guest. I guess we're it's still in the it's in the works. Yeah, I think we we're going to we're going to have a guest next week and I'm I'm looking forward to next week's show. So hopefully you all tune in. Yeah, we'll be back here. We're here every Sunday at five o'clock. The mm-hmm. Everyday Feminist on mm-hmm. G-Town Radio mm-hmm. 92.9 mm-hmm. FM. WGGTLP Philadelphia. DM us, share us, uh, and you can listen to it at, you know, the Apple Podcasties, Spotify, all the places, Anchor FM. Yeah, we are on all the podcast platforms. So if you missed an episode, just find us. Mm -hmm. We're there. Mm -hmm. We're there waiting for you. Yep. Bye. Bye, Germantown.